And welcome back to episode 20 of Friday Night Counter Attack. This is a fun one. We made it to 20 episodes, everyone. This is brilliant. Hope everyone's had a good week. And I've certainly had a good week after watching Man United beat Man City 2-0 and seeing Liverpool lose to Fulham six games in a row at home. That was always fun to see. I thought I'd bring along a friend from my old school. So again, Luke called... I can't see your surname, can I? Be commented out. <laughs> you can. No, I, 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 you like? I don't want my my school kids <laughs> to know about. Um, about no, no, it's fine. It's fine. Just that they always find all sorts on on the internet, so don't worry. I hope they don't find. I don't. I don't want you to be banned. All cool. sorts. Like, yeah. <laughs> all sorts. Old no, YouTube videos when I was traveling and stuff. All that rubbish. All of that. But now, uh, uh, thank you for coming back on the show, Luke. Thanks for um, coming at short, short notice. How you been? Hopefully, you've been okay recently. Yeah, all good. First first day back at work properly in terms of, you know, the, uh, a few of the kids are back in. But no, all's been well, not, not footballing-wise, really, but um, with Arsenal. But we, we won't really go there with that in, in this podcast. Separate one. We'll, we'll, keep, we'll keep that separate with the whole VAR <laughs> issue and Arsenal. Still, still, still a bit sour. You've had, a, you've had a few decisions go against you, but again, we'll leave we'll leave it for this time. We'll talk about something about Arsenal later on in the show. Uh, but no, welcome back, Vish. Welcome back, Saf. Welcome back, Salim. Good to see you all, guys. How you all been? Yes, mate. I've had a fantastic weekend. Obviously, United beating City, um, which was amazing. And then uh, India beating England, qualifying for the World Test Championship final. Um, this background is for Arif, uh, because obviously he's a diehard England fan. And he was doing my head in for a few weeks. And uh, yeah, this ground, can you see, yeah, that's where the World Test Championship final is going to be happening, where India will be playing New Zealand. So I hope to be there. <laughs> and Kane Williamson will just thrash Virat Kohli, as usual. Um, it, it'll, yeah, happen. it'll happen. Let, let's see what happens, man. Let's see what happens. Let's see. It'll be good. Uh, but no, yeah. it's it's been a good week of football and it's been a, a fun weekend of watching football generally. Probably not as an Arsenal fan and probably not as a, a Liverpool fan at the moment and probably not as an Aston Villa fan, Salim. I didn't even realise you were playing this weekend. That was my mistake. But that's because Bayern Munich were playing Dortmund at exactly the same time and that was a much better game to watch, personally. Yeah, no, I'd just point out there that Ari's probably been like an England cricket fan for like two hours or something. <laughs> he probably can't even name three players. Is <laughs> the guy that just follows people on Twitter and just copies and pastes, isn't it, Vish? That's what you like. That's it, that's it. Totally. Yeah, he's that's a it. casual fan, isn't it? Yeah, that's what it is. So, how you been this week? You've been okay? I've been good, man. Just just doing my thing, as you know, always in the car. <laughs> Never in one location. More, I'm more of an incognito person. Sounds a, sounds a bit suspect that. We don't want the, we don't, we don't want the like, police tracking you like, now, sir. Yeah, he doesn't seem like he's delivering pizzas, so. <laughs> no, oh, man. It's all good in the hood, mate. It's all good. Chelsea just won as well whilst we were recording this episode. You just won against Everton and that was a good game to watch. Thomas Tuchel kept you unbeaten. Drop in uh, Ziyech like we said last week and bring in Havertz has clearly done the trick to help you score two goals and keep a clean sheet which was really good as well. Yeah, it was a good week of football but I want to talk about Liverpool Football Club. I feel like we haven't talked about them much on this podcast and I feel like it would be quite fun to see what's going wrong with them at the moment. So who wants to start us off? I'd like to ask really Salim about Liverpool Football Club because you kind I'd of started off after yeah, beating like, them 7-2, uh, being an Aston Villa fan, beating them 7-2 at Villa Park this season. Was yeah, that where it all started to same. go wrong? Yeah, I don't think they've been the same since that day. Uh, they've just sort of like, I think they've been figured out in one point. Um, we also spoke the other episodes 
about sort of like the problems that they've been having. But yeah, ever since that 7-2, they've, they've just not looked the same. They just seem to be in free fall at the moment. I can't see, I've been watching some games and I just can't see them even, you know, scoring a goal, even at home. Like the one goal they've scored in the last six has been a penalty, I think. Yeah, it was against uh, Man City, wasn't it? When Mo Salah yeah, scored a penalty. I think, I think it was. it was 4-1 that game. Yeah, just free fall. Like nobody would have sort of seen this coming, you know, like how well they played last year. They should have been undefeated last year, in my opinion, and got, you know, way over 100 points. I think after Project, during Project Restart, I just think it went sort of downhill for them. But I think they sort of, I wouldn't say gave up in a sense, but I'd say they became complacent and they knew they were going to win the title and they were just looking forward to like celebrating it. And, you know, it's just been free fall since then. Yeah, because at the time of recording now, it's before the Leipzig game in the Champions League when they're 2-0 mm. up. And I don't really see them losing the lead in that. But like you said, they're in free fall and anything can happen. And Luke, I just wanted to bring you in on this as well. Like you've seen when teams have been in ridiculously bad form currently and we had it with Arteta this season. We've had it with Solskjaer, <laughs> Lampard with Saf as well. And I'm just wondering, well, I'm not really wondering, but you see people online and people who want to run their mouths and their keyboards that Jurgen Klopp should go. Like Klopp out is trending after losing to Fulham 1-0. And personally, I think that's like one of the most blasé, stupid things you could ever do after mm. what he's done for mm. the football club. Well, if you look at when he took over Klopp, where they were previously, I think he's done a pretty pretty good job in the few years that he's had. But, um, you know, it's a strange one. There's been a lot of talk, obviously, about the injuries they've had and stuff like that at, at the back. I think most teams have those kind of crucial times in terms of injuries and what, what they may face. But... Yeah, it, listen, the Premier League, you can, every fixture is a difficult one. There's no kind of fixture that, you know, you can go into and say, yeah, we're, we're definitely winning that. And I think it's what, six on the trot they've they've lost at home. Yeah. So, yeah, it's, it's not going well. And trust me, I'm, I'm probably one of the most people that understands that at the minute. But yeah, they've got a strange squad at the minute and, and a few issues to kind of go over. I think even transfer wise, they've got to have a, a plan going forward because obviously it's Liverpool Football Club and they don't want to be finishing where they are at the moment. So, yeah, a, a lot of nail-biting times coming forward. But um, no, I don't think Klopp should go at all. No way. I'd just put something in there. I'd agree with that. I don't think he should go. But also, like, the Premier League's quite unforgiving. You know, we've we've seen it with many teams. And a lot of, like, you know, they're probably a test of a true champion is how they get through these injury problems. <clears throat> yeah, and that's something that Jurgen Klopp hasn't really got the backing of his players, really. Because when you look at the players, they look quite spineless. They look spineless in how they played against Fulham, against Brighton. Sheffield United was a good win for them and you thought they were going to come back with a bit of form against Fulham on the weekend. But it was quite sad to see how Salah really didn't play to his game. Uh, Mane dropped out of the team. I think it was Yotta and Shakiri that started yesterday against Fulham. And you kind of you kind of see the impact that Jordan Henderson and Virgil van Dijk, those particularly two players for me, have in that team. The leadership and the impact they have as generals on the pitch, really. And they don't have that at the moment. And that's something that other teams can take advantage of currently at the moment, which I'm quite obviously quite happy being a Man United fan and seeing like Everton above them, West Ham above them. But you kind of you kind of have to worry. Is this the kind of character you want at Liverpool Football Club if you have to rely on the manager and probably two, maybe three members of your team to kind of lift and motivate your spirits? Because Sadio Mane has what scored six or seven goals this season in the league compared to last season being one of the best players in world football. It's a massive drop off, and that's something that I'm quite concerned about literally just watching Sadio Mane because there's a fun play to watch and he had that chance against Chelsea last week Saf where he could have taken it on the touch and scored but yeah yeah, yeah yeah he didn't as you guys have already mentioned like um, with Liverpool um, this season especially this season fair enough about 
the injuries injuries can happen anytime we don't we don't know when they're going to happen but i think what managers are, uh, obviously i'm not a manager personally but like from what we can see is that because the premier league is so unpredictable in terms of going into second season so see how pep guardiola done it the first time round and he you know cleared every single team off the of the of the league and he won the league then the second season it came and he dropped to liverpool and then Liverpool was, you know, flying high. And now, I think I think what you need to do is you need to stay on top of, I don't know, some sort of, like, different style every single every single season. You have to come with a different approach so that no team can figure it out. Like, say, Liverpool versus Aston Villa, first game, 7-2. Was it 7-2? Yeah. And they had Van Dijk um, as well. They had a fully fit squad and they had Van Dijk. that game as well. Yeah. So... So clearly that, you know, he was thinking, okay, I've, I've done it last season. I'm going to start it off with the same kind of way and then see what happens. But teams are already figuring each other out, if, you know, during preseason, after preseason, start of the season, you know. And then since that since that defeat, 7-2, and then going on, carrying on now, Fulham as well. Fulham's, you know, fighting for relegation. And they've come and, you know, you know done them 1-0. Um, they could have scored more. Yeah. They were they were all over them yesterday, which was great yeah. to see. And, but the the question about Klopp going that's ridiculous, absolutely ridiculous. Like them them fans or whoever they are, they need to uh, you know um, question themselves really, um, because take Klopp out. Who are you going for? Who's going to improve like, them as much as you? Yeah, Klopp. who's gonna who's gonna make them to that take them to that next step? The thing is, yeah, like everyone puts the blame on the manager, but. The end of the day, it's not the manager who's going out and playing the game. It's the eleven players on the pitch, and you know if you miss an open goal, you do a stupid tackle in the box. Like, come on, man, you can't blame the manager all the time. The players have to take responsi- responsibility. And I think with Liverpool, you know they hadn't won the league for thirty years, and they won the league. And I think that was their end goal. Um, I think. The players thought, you know, we're legends. We're going to be remembered as legends for Liverpool Football Club no matter what happens. And they weren't really thinking about, OK, so what's next? And I think with the style of football they've been playing, heavy metal football, uh, you know, players just using 120% energy every game for the last, like, three years. They've come to a point where, you know, they're tired. And with the way the results have gone, they've just, they've just given up, I think. They just yeah. can't be bothered by the looks of it. It's, it's, it's a good point you raised about how they play their heavy metal football because um, we've seen over the years, I think Luke will probably agree as well and Salim will agree, that when you play heavy metal football, you have to kind of do it in like cup competitions more than in the league. Because if you do it in the league, like we've seen now, they're burnt out halfway through the season and they can't really carry on with the way they're playing. Maybe they probably do need to change their tactics. Probably they have to change their formation and add another centre-back in because their centre-back pairing isn't good enough at the moment. Uh, what was it, Kabak and Phillips? Or they've done like 19 different pairings this season, which is awful to see. But um, there's another thing that I wanted to talk about. I think Saf wanted to talk about as well is the lack of fans. Now, before we move on to the fans bit, Crystal Palace and Leicester have had probably the most injuries at the moment as well as Liverpool. But you don't see the media and you don't see their teams kind of bigging up how many injuries Palace have had or Leicester have had or Spurs and Man United have had over the season. And Arsenal probably had quite a few as well, Luke, I'd imagine. But it's always about Liverpool's injury with Van Dijk and Gomez and Matic. That's why it's always been highlighted. 
Um, but in terms of the fans as well, they they want to question how the fans have been the 12th man. And I 100% agree. But I realise that you, you're not going to play well with fans, but everyone is without fans at the moment. And we're one year without having um, a football stadiums crowded with fans at the moment and cricket stadiums and wherever in the United Kingdom at the moment. And I wanted to talk about that personally. I think that's something that, as a football fan myself, I really miss going to games and I really miss like cheering my team on and spending the day going to Manchester. And that's when I'm going to bring uh, you in, Luke, because you've been a season ticket holder for Arsenal for how many years was it? God knows. Uh, as long as I can remember, genuinely, probably since I was about five or six, maybe. Yeah, but it's, it becomes, as, as, as cheesy as it sounds, you know, part of your life. Like, as you said, you spend the day on, whether it be a Saturday or a Sunday, um, going to the game and it's 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 something you look forward to throughout the whole week and for that to be taken away now you're paying you know like 9.99 a time on now tv and stuff like that you know but you, you're missing that that social aspect and that kind of time to just really kind of unwind and, and do the little things you, you enjoy but yes but yeah I, I've always been to games and it's, I'm absolutely glad it hasn't been here recently but hopefully it's back soon so um, were you a season ticket holder at Highbury and then sort of how was the move to the Emirates? Like, did they facilitate every, obviously there were probably more season tickets available on the move, but I mean, yeah. which, stadium, which stadium did you prefer? That's just, just a question. Oh, definitely Highbury, definitely Highbury. But uh, it's weird. Like I've said to Hamza before, like Arsenal's kind of ingrained within my family. So my my auntie has worked there since I was, well, since he, she was 16. I've worked there. Uh, my uncle works there now still. My brothers work there. So we've always just kind of had it in our family. Like we grew up in Finsbury Park. Um, and then that came with kind of perks. I think when you work at Arsenal, you get a ticket yourself. Um, and then I, I think it's one additional one. So we've always kind of had it and just kept it rolling over. So like even when I was doing my teacher training, I didn't, you know, give it away. Uh, me and my brother halved it and then kind of sold it to our friends or whoever wanted it. Um, and then... Yeah, we've just always kept hold of it as long as we could because honestly, the 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 kind of waiting line to get a ticket in any club's ridiculous and it takes ages. So if if you can get one, just hold on to it really. But you know, definitely Highbury. The, the atmosphere there was brilliant, and we, we've had a chat uh, before Hamza on on the podcast about you know the, the the kind of iconic moments that you remember. And I was just about at the right age to kind of remember those kind of things um, with Invincibles and whatnot. And then yeah, like listen to. Arsenal's new stadium, the Emirates, was one of the most kind of modern ones at its time when it first came out, or sorry, was built in fact. Yeah, you do lose your kind of feeling of hybrid because that was tiny. He was literally an arm's width away from the players and stuff like that. Champions League nights were there and things like that. We have Europa League nights with half-field stands now at Emirates Stadium on a Thursday night. So, it's yeah, it's definitely not the same. Yeah, no, I'm just just sort of like a few points that you did make as well. So obviously, like, well, I, well, I am, well, I wasn't was a Villa season to kill, and it was the same for me as well. Like all week, you just look forward to that, you know, that Saturday. Like your whole week is planned based around that one day. And mm. the thing is, it's not like obviously, like at the moment when we watch it at home, it's just like that ninety minutes that you watch yeah. and that's it. But you kind of miss the full like experience. Like for me, it was like you know from the time I wake up till you know yeah. getting ready and. You just do that stuff like you just know it's match day because you're looking forward to three o'clock and then obviously when when it was like half two or two fifteen then I start making my way to the ground and you know it's just and then just meeting people that you sit next to you know like every other week 
it's just the it's just the whole like atmosphere and environment. There's nothing like watching the game in a ground. That's the thing, and and that's the reason why everyone misses it so much. And you know, like they could put every like they could put every game on TV for free, and I'd, everyone would watch it. Like I'd watch any match, but the, nothing beats watching your team. You know, in the ground. That's that's it. Yeah, Vish, I just wanted to ask you as well. Like being Man United fans, you and I as well, and obviously we don't live in Manchester or, or anything close to that, but. Honestly, for me, I'd honestly prefer going to watch a game once a month, which I'm used to going. And I'm not sure how long or how often you'd go to games as well. But people always complain about how expensive tickets are. But when you look at premium tickets at Old Trafford or the Emirates or Villa Park or Stamford Bridge, for example, it's literally worth every penny because you get to enjoy like these countless memories of watching games. And you've probably been to games where you've seen like amazing goals or a really good result and stuff like that. And like for me, I probably banged on it about it a few times on this podcast, but literally the last Man United game that happened before the whole lockdown happened and Project Restart happened was the game against Man City this time last year, where McTominay scored that goal from the halfway line and Martial scored as well. And I was like, I'll, I'll never, you, you'll never get to replicate that feeling ever just by watching it at home. You can celebrate as much as you want in your house, or your flat or on mm. Zoom with your friends if you want to do a Zoom we were meant to do one yesterday, but we didn't. No one showed up, but it is what it is. Um, but yeah, Vish, I just wanted to know yeah. with you, how, how does yeah, it feel man. for you, like missing yeah. games personally? Yeah, man, it's like, it's a proper day out when you um, go to Old Trafford. Like you, as Sal said, like you, you know, you do your stuff in the day and you get ready, you drive down and then you look for parking, you pay for parking, you walk to the ground. That feeling is just something else man you, you can't you can't describe that you never pay um, for parking when you go to Manchester just find an off street and just walk just find a cheap well, street well it, it depends sometimes because like there's just so much traffic about just like we'll just pay or whatever see whatever comes up but yeah that feeling man and then when you go to the ground and you smell the food you know you smell the burgers you smell you know the chips fish and chips whatever man that you can't you can't you don't feel that on TV and then when you walk up to uh, your seat and, you know, there's just so many emotions and the atmosphere, like, mate, I'll be honest, like, when I go to, like, United games, like, I'd say I'm 10% watching the game and then 90% I'm, like, singing, you know, I'm just, like, after five minutes here, my voice is gone, you know, I've started chants all over and it's just crazy, man, it's just crazy, I mean... Saf, Saf will remember, like, it's not football, but we went to a cricket game and, he, yeah, he, he, yeah, we went we went to the Ashes and, uh, yeah, it's, it's just, uh, it's just crazy being in the stadium and it's been a shame, like, the last year we haven't been able to go. Um, but, you know, things are looking better. I think May 19th or something, you know, uh, last weekend of the season. It's going to be hard to get a ticket for that. Um, but like 10,000 or so per stadium, I think, something like that. Yeah, yeah, so... We'll try, but you know, it's a start. It's a start, and uh, yeah, I, th- I think in terms of like, you know, how players react as well. I think players miss that, you know, um, miss that atmosphere, man. Like when Bruno Bruno Fernandez first started, you know, the Bruno song, um, and he came on. You remember he came on Sky, he started singing it. Yeah, um, he, he did an interview. Like I just think like he's on. He was only at the club for like a month, and then like the fans disappeared, and. I think when he signed for Manchester United, his obviously his dream was to play in front of a sold-out crowd at Old, Old Trafford, and he's only been able to do that two or three times. And 
for a player like him, like he he misses that a lot. Um, and I think every player misses that, you know, misses that energy, that, you know, that passion. And even on the TV, like the, you know, adjusted sound or whatever, it's just, it's just terrible, man. I, I, I can't enjoy it. Can't Here in Martin's Highland, Gary Neville, heavy breathing on Sky Sports is number one. I can't, <laughs> no. I can't hack that. Or listening to Steve McManaman or BT Sport, I can't handle that. Or Martin Keown, that's not for yeah. me. Uh, yeah, but no, just before we go into like the players bit, I wanted to kind of highlight what you just said about the burgers and the fish and chips because that's an economic yeah. uh, impact that's had for local businesses around football stadiums as well, which had, which a lot of people would have forgotten as well. But like, you've got the scarf vendors, you've got the people there selling their magazines and their uh, programs and stuff like that. They're doing their own little burger vans and ice cream vans at, uh, that outside the stadium. I'm not sure what's at the Emirates loop, but I'm guessing you'll have like the same kind of thing, I'd imagine. I mean, every time I go, it's about really being a PE teacher, but I get, there's like a little store, they've obviously gone to, you know, Costco or whatever, and it's two for one pound sweets, and they give you like these little bags, and I always get shrimps and straws <laughs> every time. And I'm, I've always done it, and as we've all said, it's a routine and a habit that I've got into, and it's just part of that day, you know, coming out of the stadium, heading towards there, and then going into the ground with that in your pocket just makes it, as sad as it sounds, just kind of um, at home because you're used to doing that and it's, it's all part of it. Yeah, your football stadium home is your home away from home. That's how yeah. I've always kind of described Old Trafford and going to Manchester. And you'll, you'll remember from our school days, Luke, of like how people would be like, oh, you can't support Man United, you've never been to Manchester. But I'd always be like, yeah, I'm like the only one that's been to Manchester. Don't keep, don't keep me in that, in that bubble. Yeah. But no one really cared. So I was like, that's that's the conversation me and my missus have got to have. Well, it'll say we have a son or a daughter, whether they support Man City or, or Arsenal, but it, it'll be Arsenal. There's no way it's going to be a City fan. His missus is from like Manchester, so that's why he said yeah. Man City. But yeah. it'll be it'll be Man United. Uncle Hams will get in there somewhere. No way, <laughs> no. never, never, never. Don't worry. I, I won't. I won't be. I won't be there to to lure your child into Manchester United. Comes. I, I've done that with a couple of kids before. It sounds odd when I say it like that, but I, I've done it. Like, yeah, I was going to say, I think we might edit that bit out. <laughs> that's, de- that's definitely yeah. not... That's definitely not... I didn't mean that. Oh, God. Oh, man. Salim, man. Why do, you have to, why do you have to say it like that? Oh, man. <laughs> you said it. I, I did say it. I did, I, did, oh. I did bait myself right there. Oh, man. But yeah. Can I just that... point something out, actually? Yeah, go for it. Just, I was going to say the Emirates have got the comfiest seats in the country, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've been to a few nice. grounds, and they've got some like padded seats that are like, like, like proper wide compared. Like normal seats are about this wide, and these seats are about like twice the size. I'd say. Uh, the the gap in the seats for your feet are a lot wider as well, which is brilliant as well. Yeah, so not, if you've got you're not legs, cramped like, like that. You can sit. Yeah. Yeah, it's comfy. It's comfy. It's weird. A luxurious club that spends silly on stupid things. So I'd prefer a rock hard seat that's crusting away than a, a padded seat and it makes him, as I said, feel it all part of it. <laughs> You'd want to stand up after that. I mean, but you can't, you can't at the Emirates, they don't let you. Anytime you stand up, they literally go like that. It's so annoying. Is that why your atmosphere has been quiet for like the number? Yeah, of like there's, there's this thing fitting down. There's one area just called um, Red Action, I think they're called, that are allowed to, or, or they're a little bit kind of more lenient with. But anywhere else, you can't stand up. It's so annoying. When I was a junior gunner in the, the kind of family section, like there's all old fogies and stuff around you. And oh my God, it's the worst thing. Even when, even when you, because it's like a domino effect. So as the player gets closer to the goal, or like if it's at the other end, then obviously more and more people stand up and you just get old people saying, sit down. And it's just like, why are you even here? <laughs> <laughs> what is the point? <laughs> Let me stand up and my team. 
Yeah, I hate that Old Trafford as well. Vish will probably agree. If you sit kind of below in the Sir Alex Ferguson stand or the Bobby Charlton stand, the two you can see across from you on television, not the ones on the sides, they oh, don't yeah. let you stand up in, in the lower tiers and you're just there like, you're seeing the, all the season ticket holders, they're like, oh, I'll sit down, yeah. stop complaining. And uh, one of the games I went to was Man United versus uh, Juventus uh, when Ronaldo came back. And we were losing 1-0 and I'm trying to urge the team on. And there's like three old ladies sitting behind me. They're like, we've been here, we've been here since 1986. And this guy stands in front of us uh, trying to swear at Ronaldo. And I'm like, he doesn't play for us anymore. Plays for Juventus. We want to support people like Matza and Rashford who are playing for us and trying to score the goals. And they're just uh, bitching about Lukaku the whole game and they're probably regretting it now. Or if they, there or are certain know. things you don't miss, like the, the fickle fans and stuff. And yeah. people just go forward, pass it forward. And it's like, that's not how football works anymore. Like, <laughs> oh, man, yeah. I play a bit of pass <laughs> football. Honestly, like yeah, that. that's the thing. That's the one thing that I hate the most going to games, right? Is like you just get the people that don't understand football. So they think everything has to go long, everything has yeah. to be forward, everything has to be like they, they they never understand that. You know, and you get closed off on one side and you recycle it between your centre backs and you try again on the other side, or you know, when you you know you recycle possession just to keep it for them, everything has to be into the box first thing. It's mm-hmm. like if you want to watch that, then just go watch like Big Sam or like Pulis or something. <laughs> <laughs> No, oh, but, things like that you don't miss definitely. But, then, but then you'll be kissing and hugging them when you score like, yeah. a last minute winner and that makes it all worth it you forgive and forget after that <laughs> or breaking someone's jaw in it Salah yeah that was a bit bad go on Salah I'll, I'll let you tell the story nah, uh, to nah, our actually, podcast you can tell it you can oh, tell man. it because you've got PTSD from it I have got happiness from it so I think you could tell it I've got PTSD from it go well, on, are these it. celebration stories or yeah, this is when I joined Salem for a trip to Villa Park for Aston Villa versus Derby. I thought, you know what? So it was the first game I've in never... our 10 wins in a row in that promotion season. Uh, Grealish had just come back from about 15 games out. He was given the armband. His, yeah, it's his first game yeah. as captain. I was like, you know what? I'll see Grealish. There was Ashley Cole there. It's the volley um, he scored. Yeah, the yeah, that was the one. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, John Terry was there as assistant. Um, Lampard was there as manager. Ashley Cole was playing. Mason Mount was playing. Tomori was playing. Uh, Tyron Mings Tammy. was playing Tammy was playing Tammy Abraham had a good game that game and Salim was just telling me about Aston Villa and how they're doing the season I was like yeah this is going to be a good game I can feel it because they were all over Derby at the time and then uh, that volley as you just mentioned Luke and that's when the PTSD strip strikes for me as well so this will probably be edited with like bad sound effects over me but now nah, we, we, we went mad and I went mad because I was joining in with the Villa fans uh, celebrating and singing and all of that I've never been to a Villa game in my life before and I'll probably never go again if Salim keeps breaking my jaw like that. He just he just hugs me. He turns around and he's like... I mean, he, goes, he goes to hug me, but his, his fists are like there to my, my chin. I was like, oh my God, for sake. Excuse my language, those, uh, listeners. But I'm just like, yes, he scored. And then I was like, no, this is an amazing game, an amazing goal. And just like you said, you create memories like that with like your friends and your family when you go to games and you get to enjoy it. And, that's something that we missed for a whole entire year. Like, Luke, I'm guessing, for example, you'd have gone to the cup final at, um, against Chelsea as well. And that would yeah. be something for you to remember as well, beating Chelsea. Yeah, my well. dad would always come up with excuses to take me out of school. Not that my mum would agree, but yeah, because it used to be in the Millennium Stadium in Cardiff. So I always used to go to Caffili and stay in like a hotel and then go there. But yeah, yeah I always try and go to as many games as I can. And a funny story similar to, to what we just said there was when, do you remember when Meza Ozil scored that like, 
really um, pleasing goal to the eye where he kind of flicked over the defender, then the keeper, then dummied it against um, Ludogorets. Ludogorets, yeah. Yeah, so I went to that game and oh, wow. it's just made me think because you were talking about Jaws. Me and my mates were, like, we looked like the most kind of mis, um, mishmash kind of group put together. But like, I worked with them and uh, we came out of a like a, a bar slash pub and a load of kind of Bane looking like like the, the villain from Batman, Bane looking um Lidigrets fans came and like an onslaught of just punches just came towards us. And I'll never forget that. And we were so scared to go to the game, but then Ozil did that and we were just flying everywhere. And we just went about 10 rows forward. So even after all those kind of injuries that you're saying and like everything that you do and all those kind of moments, just again, just make it all worth it. Brilliant. It's, it's, it's something you like we said you just missed the whole year of it and if you look at the games that we've had all the fans all the teams that we support Villa Man United Chelsea and Arsenal we've all had games that we wish were in the stadium for at Old Trafford at Villa Park at Stamford Bridge and at the Emirates as well or at Wembley for yourself as well and it's just something that I hope never happens ever again because missing fans is a big thing for all teams not just Liverpool Football Club like the fans want to complain about on their on their other podcasts and on their other um, YouTube videos forums. and nonsense like that. Forums like that. Do you think the league would look different if there was fans in it now compared to what it is? I would say so. I'd say, again, some players would be better with, with fans because some players react to pressure from fans a lot better um, because they don't always listen to their teammates or their managers. <clears throat> so I, I would still say something like Liverpool would be higher than they are now. I'd say Man United would be higher than they are now because of our current home form that we've had this season. I'd personally say Chelsea would have been better with Frank Lampard because the fans love him like he's, like he's a god yeah. for them in itself. He's just one of your own. And I reckon yeah, they would have backed the manager a lot better. Yeah, yeah, he'd get he'd get proper backing from the from the fans, but yeah, it's, it's just so unprecedented time, isn't it? He just come in at that time where there was no fan support. And um and obviously there's also not going your way. At Chelsea, you don't last long anyway. As we, as we figured, because I and I think the reason I was such a fan of Frank Lampard is because he was such a good player for England and he was such a good Premier League legend. The fact that I wanted him to do well as like another English manager, because if you look at his teammate Steven Gerrard for England, he's won the league with Rangers uh, this week as well for the first time in yeah, like ten years or something, which is amazing. And it's just something that if you've got the right backing and the right tactics and the right players, you can actually carry on going forward. And Gerrard's been there and he's done the hard yards, which is brilliant. And if you know what I mean? Like, I didn't like Steven Gerrard as a Liverpool player. I loved him as an England player, but he's doing well as a manager. And I don't want him to come and take over Klopp straight away because I think Jurgen Klopp is literally the guy at the moment who's going to turn around Liverpool's fortune. Yeah. I don't think it will go to Liverpool uh, well, in the near future anyway. But you'd be an idiot to, to not listen to some of these players. Like players like Lampard that are now managers, Rooney, Gerrard, like <laughs> you to not listen to players as good as that that have that much experience. Like, they must have so many stories and kind of tactical kind of information that you just you have to take on board yeah like the managers Lampard was under Mourinho Ancelotti Capello just to name a few for example um he was just there I think he'd done it under Pellegrini as well Man City when he was at Man City but yeah he's just been there and done that and he's obviously got the experience and he did really well with Derby to get them into the playoffs in that in that season but he didn't do amazing with Chelsea and that's balls around the bridge now and two shows kind of got Chelsea unbeaten currently and probably looking for an FA Cup win or probably looking at a top four finish with them as well which is kind of what it is an appointment so far 
And we'll leave that there and we'll go on to our little, we've got a little game I've got. Because yesterday I was watching the NBA All-Star game on TV at like stupid o'clock in the morning. And I thought it was quite fun to see Steph Curry and LeBron, and LeBron James just playing together. And you're just there like, this is quite fun to see. So I thought, because there's four of us now and Lucas to go in 15 minutes or so. So I think we'll do like a little NBA, an NBA style five-a-side. So we can do like a team North and a team South for the Premier League. So I feel like because Luke and I are from, are from the South, we should do the North. So like Man United, Liverpool, Newcastle, whatever. And Saf and Salim can do the South. So you've probably got like the Midlands and below, I'd say. It's like Leicester Villa, that kind of thing. Yeah. And Luke and I will do like the North West, the North East, Yorkshire kind of thing. And you can only choose one player from each team, I would say. Current player. Yeah, I was going to say, I'd just be City. It would just be it would just be the midfield from City just, just running yeah. the show basically. Uh so is it on current current form, yeah. Just yeah, from the season, current form I'd say. So if I had to pick someone from let's say Luke, who would you say if you if you had to pick one from Liverpool on current form? Would you pick anyone on current form? Or should we just do it in general for like uh, are we imagining they would be playing a five aside game? Yeah, this is kind can, of yeah, like we're on goals or power league. That's literally how we imagined this actual five-a-side thing. All right. Uh, from Liverpool, I don't know, actually. Uh, my first pick, not answering your question at all here, but would be Edison because they're just mm. he's pretty much an outfield player anyway. So it'd be, it'd be like having an extra player outfield anyway. So, yeah. Would you, would you have him as your Man City pick? That's the thing. Oh, yeah. God, yeah. Truly be, wouldn't it? It'd be KDB or, or like Bernardo Silva or Mares. I don't know. It's not been that great. I mean, there's that argument, isn't there, that City are better mm. without him? That's true, actually. That's I forgot that rule, actually, Ham. It's a good point. I think we'll just shout it out as we get there because I'm still thinking of so many from other teams. We won't do it on well, current we'll, form, I'd say. because get a pen out. I'm right Let's get on. Yeah, so I've just, just sort of made a list of like yeah. the teams and then I'm going to like put a player next to it with Saf's help. Because we need to be tactical about it. Yeah, it needs to be... It's literally a versus. So it's literally our team versus your team as well. So I think, so, I think Luke, prime example, uh, Bruno Fernandes has to be in there for Man United. So that's already one down, I'd say. Yeah, really towards Cancelo now. Yeah, it's, it's, you can't... You can't yeah, like, I want to choose Diaz yeah. for Man City, but there's so many to choose from. John Stones even. So, uh, yeah, so are we going to have Grealish then? That's going to be our first pick. Yeah, so 100% Grealish. You guys You're can great. have Leicester then. No, nah, Leicester's, no, the Leicester. Leicester's the same as uh, Birmingham. All right, all right we'll have Leicester yeah, yeah. then. We will keep Leicester. <laughs> okay, so have... I'm thinking Arsenal, Chelsea, Spurs and Leicester. We need a player each. That's what I'm thinking. Luke, I'm thinking Everton, Liverpool, well. Everton, Liverpool, Man United, Man City and Leeds. Maybe Newcastle, but Leeds, I'd say. Not Everton. Burnley. So Everton, Liverpool, uh, Man City... Yeah, but you could go Burnley and go Nick Pope. Oh, that's, that's think I, I, think, I was thinking, I was thinking, we could easily put, I don't know, Alisson. Alisson's been awful this season. No, I was, was, was going to say Pitford because he got a great kick on him, but he's terrible. <laughs> I think we have to go Edison for Man City, isn't it? It's just the guy, that goal, the goalkeeper that we need in the five-a-side. Not De Gea. Oh, we got Bruno. We oh. got Bruno. Well, yeah, it's not a bad choice, is it, anyway? I'm sure there's yeah. plenty of other players. So we've got Edison. I think, I think we should go Casper Schmeichel in that. Not Madison or Tielemans. Not Madison or um, Vardy. 
But then we've got Arsenal, Chelsea and Spurs left. Oh. Yeah, but from Chelsea, you're only going to have, what, N'Golo Conte? Mason Mount? Oh, no, I mean, Mason Mount. Quality player, Mason. Reese James, even. Yeah. Alonso did well today. Or Thiago Silva. But Digne from Everton. Yeah, his, his girl will be in there for Everton. He's the, he's the guy. It's rather Digne or Richarlison. Well, from Arsenal, who are we thinking from Arsenal then? Probably Aubameyang or Saka. 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 He'd be a great five star player. Saka, wouldn't it? Yeah. This is why this is why I didn't choose a South for us, Luke. We'd be too. We'd find it too easy. This one's troubling us now with with the North. (laughs) No, but I I think the North one's quite easy. No, for Leeds, because at Leeds, I I want to put Rafinha. I want to put Rafinha in for Leeds, but I'm not sure about. We've got Edison, we've got Bruno Fernandes, we've got Dinier. Have we got Wolves? Yeah, you've got Wolves. In, I have Wolves. Uh, who have we got left? What teams? Ramza? So we've we used Man United. Top. We've used Man United, we've used Man City, we've used Everton. Kane or Son? We've got Liverpool, Newcastle. Newcastle have been poor this season as well. I don't know who they've got. Huh? St. Maximan, maybe. Oh, St. Maximan would be a good player. Yeah, true. Almiron. I'm a decent player. So you just need a keeper uh, and a defender from less from Kane. any anyone. So Kane, Saka, uh, and Grealish. Grealish. And now Mark, we need. But then again, that, yeah, that well, no, we, we need do, a defender. We, we need a defender and a keeper. Do we Unless choose Nick Pope as a defender and then choose a Man City outfielder? That's a that's a good shout, actually. Uh, that is a great shout. I feel like we have to do that. Pope and then Cancelo. Pope oh, Cancelo put as our defender. Hope Cancelo Digne. Yeah, as our defender, because he'd be everywhere. Bruno. Especially on the five side. You'd be running yeah. the show. Yeah. And now Bam- we can just use got Bamford the keeper. from Leeds. Got Sheffield United somewhere as well. So I don't Keeper really could be Patricio or uh, I'm not feeling confident in our team. <laughs> Michael Casper. <laughs> we've we've limited ourselves there. Um No, but we've got someone from Leicester, haven't it? No, we haven't. So we've not gone with anyone from Leicester. Oh yeah, then then Casper Schmeichel. Yeah, so we're done then. That's our five. I think we have to find Mo Salah in there, don't we? Liverpool. Our team is solid, bro. Oh, yeah, we haven't got Liverpool. <laughs> yeah, I thought we did. We've got Liverpool, got Man City, Man United. It's hard because then you could, like, we could have gone for Emmy Martinez in net and then you wouldn't get Jack, but then you could put, like, I don't know, Madison in. So it's, it depends which way it works best. So I'm thinking, don't put Cancelo in because we've got Digne there. And I'm thinking we do go for, like, a, a midfielder like Mares or Foden. Forward-going players, you get me? Yeah, we do. Mount, Grealish. I think Foden. Then you got no, Stacker, Kante, Foden Grealish. And Kane up front. So Pope, Kante, Foden, Bruno. Salah. Salah's yeah, almost top scorer as well. So he's got to write a season. These it's players are going to run rings. It's a good challenge. They're going to run rings, bro. <laughs> Was that our five, Luke? Do you reckon we've got it? Yeah, I'm happy with that. Pope, Digne, Foden, Salah, Bruno. We probably miss one blatant one. Yeah, there'll be someone that will say like Patrick Bamford in the comments or St. Maximam or um, like Jaden Bogle from Sheffield United. But yeah, this will, this will get edited out because we're just chatting amongst each other. But we've chosen a team of five from the North. So Luke, if you want to just read that out for us, that would be our team North. Yeah, uh, so we've got Pope in goal, Nick Pope from Burnley. Uh, we went for Lucas Digne from Everton, Phil Foden, Salah and Bruno. Reckon you can beat that with your team, Salah? Yeah, I think so. So we've gone for Kasper Schmeichel in net. We've mm. gone for Kante at the back, and then Saka 
and then Grealish and Kane. That's a good team, though. That is tight. But Saka would be good defensively as well. No Declan yeah, Rice. That's why we went for. Nah, we thought no, about not Declan Rice. No Declan Rice over Kante. No way. Uh, ooh, that's a shout. Five a side pitch. Declan Rice has got has got a shot <coughs> on him as well. And again, so yeah, then you've got Saka that can help defensively, so it's okay to have Kante there. Saka's been amazing this season. He's been a quality player. But yeah, we'll put these teams out on our social media and we'll see who, who gets the more likes. Hopefully, because we've got more Northern listeners, we'll get more teams. <laughs> I'll just get all my students to... to... <laughs> <laughs> Are they all Arsenal fans, Luke? Being your students? No, they're not, actually. Uh, we've got a real mix, John. We're, we're quite a big basketball in school. Uh hmm. Football-wise, yeah, I think uh, yeah, there's quite a lot of Man United. There's a few City. It's, yeah, it's really, really mixed. I can't mm. believe you have Man City fans in London. That's awful. That would never existed in our day. Uh, really, yeah. It's that plastic lifestyle, isn't it? Yeah. Well, I think that the local team's QPR, so they haven't got much oh, yeah. choice, really. And they're not great either. No, I, was just, I, just, I just remember the days uh, when they had uh, Adult Talab. Oh, he was a baller. He was a, he was a hey, baller. They had some good five-side players. They had Caesar in goal, didn't they? That would be able to be pretty. Yeah, then that like yeah. like Remy up top. Trivial Cisse. Yeah. They had that big defender at the back. <laughs> Forgotten his name. Clint Hill. Samba. Nah, nah, another one. Samba. Like, Chris Samba. Yeah, that was it. <laughs> Imagine him on a five-a-side pitch coming. And have Raphael for a bit as well. Yeah, they had Fabio. Was it Fabio? The other, yeah, the other twin on loan. They had Rio oh, Ferdinand, of course, as well. In his in his twilight years at QPR, I was going to say that we could um, could get some predictions in for the weekend. So um, I'm just looking on my phone what games there are. But uh, yeah, I'd no start with Leeds, Leeds versus Chelsea. So I'd go to Hamza for that one. Leeds v Chelsea, I'd say probably two two. I think Leeds will kind of stop Chelsea from going at, um, all out as they've been doing. They've been brilliant this season. But I think Saf, what would you say? Do you reckon Chelsea can get a win against Leeds? I don't, I don't see, I don't see Chelsea scoring many goals. Like mm. today, it was like an own goal and a penalty. They're not scoring open goals like uh, from open play. Yeah, I don't, I don't see anything. I don't see anything past one nil. Even though you know, it cuts to say, but you know, one nil, probably one one. Mm. Uh, Patrick Bamford is gonna come back and uh, you know terrorize so, him a bit. Gonna haunt but, his former team. Yeah, haunt his former team. No, I'd good. say, um, sorry, next one I'd go to would be Luke with the North London derby. Go on, oh. Luke. We'll, we'll let you preview that before you have to leave us. I know you have to leave. Yeah, I'll go in a sec. God. Bale, Son, Kane, Lucas even all performing on all cylinders. Are you, are you comfortable against facing Spurs? Are you at the Emirates this, this time around? I actually can't remember if I'm totally honest. That is so bad of me. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Not that it makes much difference anyway, but oh, I don't know. Spurs well, might do a Spursy kind of performance, but well, yeah, obviously I'm not going to say that Spurs are going to win, but I think I think we could pit them to the post really if we if we really. I think we've got good availability, so fingers crossed. Yeah. That maybe I'm going to be audacious and go three one. You both got Europe League games this week as well, so that's going to be something in your in your. Yeah, that's our only kind of hope. Mm. Just to get into the Champions League by winning it personally, but. I'd yeah. say probably. I'd say I want a, a big game. I, I like seeing big games in North London derbies, and Luke will know that the North London derby is like the biggest game in our year group 
for whoever they whoever we supported. And I'd like to see like a good four-two Arsenal win, kind of slow Spurs' momentum down at the moment. And I think it would be quite fun to see. But I just yeah. want I just want an entertaining game personally. I'd say four-two Arsenal. Fingers crossed, lads. Right, I'm gonna show you guys. Lovely to meet you both. I'm Zach. Catch no you. Worries. No, no worries. Take care. Bye bye. Right. Where were we? Saf, what would you say about the North London derby? Arsenal v Tottenham. Considering considering Bale's form, I mean, uh, and Kane's form, and Son, uh, I, I think I think it's going to be three one Spurs. Mm. Especially especially Mourinho, you know, his his record um, against Arsenal is is crazy. His records against Arsenal is crazy. So, um, yeah, it's going to be something like three one. I'm going three one. Yeah, perfect. What about you, Salim? No man, just with Mourinho. You just know he's going to pull something out of the bag. So I'm just going to go 2 0 Spurs. 2 0. Do you reckon they keep a clean sheet against Arsenal? I mean, they, they're kind of suspect against Crystal Palace as well. What chances they let through? Yeah, but I don't know. It's just one of them Arsenal are going to get frustrated kind of things, I think. Or maybe 2 1, but I'm just veering towards a 2 0, really. Mm. No, that's fair enough. That's, that's, your, that's your opinion. We'll stick with it. Mm. No worries. Who have you got next? Uh, I was just going to say Villa Newcastle on Friday. That's at uh, Newcastle, though. That's on Friday. That means there's like a game every day this week, then, because there's Champions League, there's Europa League, then there's a Friday night game, then the weekend game. That's quite good. Sorry, Salim. Um, preview, preview that game for us. Do you reckon you can win against Newcastle? I think you could. They're, they're off four. Yeah, this I season. think I think we've been quite unlucky and stuff in a lot of games, and you know we just need to sort of bounce back. Um, I think Newcastle, awful football. Like they just never look like scoring a goal. But then you say that, then they could actually like beat us. But Mm. To be honest, I think, I don't know if Jack's going to be back or not, but even without Jack, we need to show that we can win without him like we did at Leeds. So, yeah, I'm still, I still think that we'd, I, still, I think, I can't see Newcastle scoring a goal at all because I think they're missing, say, Maximan and Almiron. Who are two main two creative. Their, and yeah, Callum Wilson as well. Players. Their main front three is um, down and out and Joe Linton's barely doing anything at the moment. So, Newcastle are in a relegation fight as well, which is, is they're becoming a yo-yo club, I'd say, in itself. Mm. They're, they're someone that you're kind of looking at thinking they're not really doing anything good in the Premier League. They're not entertaining to watch and they really should kind of go down for the benefit of the league, I'd say. What would you say, Saf? Yeah. I mean, I've seen them go up and down, up and down quite a bit. Actually, the very first game I went to watch live, that season, they went down as well. Um, they play, I, I watched them play against uh, West Bromwich Albion. Uh, West Bromwich Albion picked them out. I think mm. it was like... Two one or three one on that day. Yeah. Um, Brunt scored a Brunt scored a free kick that day, and like since oh, then, and that and that was probably that was probably I can't fully remember, but it was about ten years ago. Arif will know better. It's probably about ten years ago, and since then they've been going up and down, up and down, up and down. I think Yo Yo Club is the perfect name for them, and for for this the fixture against um, Villa, it's gonna be two 0 Villa. You know, Villa. That's all good. Salim, who who Man United got on the weekend? I should really know this, but they came. They came I'll, I'll be honest, I don't know who, who you've got. Got AC Milan on Thursday. That's that's all I remember. But I'm not sure if we've got. A, that's, let me have a check on the calendar. No idea. Um, we've, got West, we've, got, we've got West, West Ham, Ham on yeah, Sunday. West Ham, that's it. So just before we go, Man United versus West Ham. Uh, Jesse Lingard's illegible for the game, so he's not going to be playing. We're playing at home. I think it'll be a boring 1-0 win for Man United. I think we will win against David Moyes' team, but they're playing tonight against Leeds and I'm not sure what the score is at the it's moment. It's 2-0 West Ham. 2-0 West Ham at the moment. Oh, brilliant. And they Jesse are Lingard and um, 
Dawson, that's it. Craig Dawson's been on fire this season, but we've had like an injured Cavani. We're going to be exhausted from our game against Milan, who play expansive football. And I've talked about them already this season about how uh, much they've changed with Pioli as their manager. But I'd say a classic 1 0 win against West Ham United. So, what would you say in that game? I think it's going to be 1 1 draw. 1 1 draw. And Salim? I think West Ham are going to miss Lingard because he's been in top form. But mm. I think West Ham can nick this because I think Man City, are, I think, sorry, United are probably going to feel a bit complacent after beating Man City and I think West Ham are going to come and drop a surprise so I think 1-0 West Ham Yeah and we're playing at home as well at like 7 o'clock on Sunday evening so we've got we've got the rest which is good but we're going to have a second against uh, uh, Milan away as well so it's going to be a bit of a tricky one to see if Solskjaer actually rest players if he wants to prioritise the Europa League or the Premier League or just stick with the same team and see if they can skip through it which is good but uh, yeah, we'll leave it at that. That's enough preview games, I'd say. Before we go, I just want to say we've, we've gone a whole year without having fans in stadiums. And personally, I thought it's one of the harder times of being a football fan. I mean, watching games on TV, not being able to push your team on and not really being able to enjoy that match day experience. But the fact that we've kind of had a conversation today about how we've all gone to games and we've enjoyed our times at football teams kind of shows that it's going to be so much sweeter when we actually go back into the stadium and we get to support our teams and we get to enjoy it as fans properly once again going forward. So that's personally what I would like to say. But I'm also kind of upset that we've missed a lot of big games this kind of season of going to games and the fact that the Euros may not have fans in the stadium, that would be quite awkward to have it in our own country and not be able to support it. But we'll see how that goes. Yeah. I'd just one last thing I'd put I'd just say that we definitely need to carry on this conversation about you know next time because I feel like it deserves a part two to it yeah, yeah. There's, there's so much more we haven't covered off and that's something that um Saf and I were talking about and, and you and I were talking about as well Salim that we've so much to talk about the economic impact the financial impact the mental the social impact of fans not being able to go to games next time you can talk about how we can't again, like vent our frustrations. We've talked about it in that episode with Tony about how they can't vent their frustrations on the terraces they have to take out in their homes and stuff and what it leads to. But that'll be a nice little part too. So good shot there, Salem. But thank you everyone for listening to episode 20 of Friday Night Counter Attack. Thank you, Luke, for coming on the podcast and Vish for coming on when you came on before. Safa and Salem, it's been a pleasure as always. Have a good week and take care. See you later. Thanks.